Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Monday, my friend. Yeah, another week. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And of course, you can Catch me on Drive this afternoon from 4pm alongside the only man to assist the beach ball in the Premier League. That's Darren Ben. Now, we start with yesterday's egg chasing. England, of course, had the chance to reach a World Cup semi-final if they could beat Fiji in the quarters. They just about managed it. Here's your proof. England 8, Fiji Neal, Manu Tuelang is 20th try for England, putting them further in front after Owen Farrell's early penalty. Set up well down the narrow side by Alex Mitchell, the scrum up. You'd have needed a chieftain tank to stop him from that sort of rage. I'm really pleased for the, the players out there and, and the squad of 33 that would work really hard uh, for the result tonight. That's the first thing. The second thing I'm really pleased for all the supporters, both here in the ground tonight, who I thought were incredible, and the millions back home who have been watching that on television. The two tries in four minutes from Fiji just showed the rugby world again the individual brilliance that they can produce. Revive the front row going on uh, over from short range in 64 minutes, but then Remdranger's offload, putting the Silla the second row, charging into the gap, and Vinimoni Petitu, the third choice fly half, was on hand to score the try that levelled things up with the conversion. I think what's important as well at this point is to, to say um, incredible credit to Fiji. What a fantastic team they are. Brilliant World Cup they've had and the way they play tonight, the team jam-packed full of world-class players with power and pace and the way they scored those back-to-back tries, they scored in a way that I'm not sure too many other teams in the world can score like that. Breathe, England 30, Fiji 24. I know in Farrell penalties, probably put enough distance between England and the uh, Fijian side. I'm very pleased to, to uh, find our way to win the game again um, today. Thought the team's done an excellent job over that over the over the group stages and and, and now in a in a big in a big knockout game. So very pleased. Um, I think the the effort Steve's already touched on it now now, but the effort of the the full the full squad that's gone into into this week has made has made it an, an enjoyable week and made it a week that we've all got we've all got after together and uh, that will continue now into into next week. Full time, 86 minutes played. England are through. 30-24, they have beaten Fiji. 
if they play like they did in the first hour against either France or South Africa next Saturday, they'll give them a game. If they played like the last 20 minutes or so, they'll get thumped. But England are in. I'm not quite sure how, though. They beat Fiji in the quarterfinal by 30 points to 24. On now to yesterday's warm-up show. Crystal Palace defender Rob Holding joined the two Darrens, Ben and Ambrose, to discuss life at Palace and whether his former team Arsenal can win the title this season, which of course they can't. If we talk about football, um, signed for Crystal Palace, September 1st. How are you enjoying life in uh, South London? Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying South London. Uh, I've moved down that way now and settled down, which is nice. And uh, yeah, the, the club itself, so helpful, like settling me in, the, the players, the staff. Uh, it's been it's been the most smooth transition that I could have hoped for, really. So well, I mean, what was it about Crystal Palace? Did you have other options? Was it Roy Hodgson? Was he um, getting you yeah, there? Yeah, I spoke to Roy Hodgson and um, Dougie Freeman, the sporting director there. I, I knew him from my time at Bolton yep. as I was just breaking through. He was sort of the manager, and um, yeah, he spoke to me and just really put me at ease, settled me down, and was just like just solid, good club to be at. And yeah, they have aspirations to get as high up in the league as they can. If what, I can come and help that. What, what have they said in terms of what you're going to bring? Obviously, top player come from Arsenal, but you've got Joachim Anderson there, Mark Gay here as well, who are having a fantastic season. Is it be patient, bide your time, or the depth of squad yeah, they need? Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I'm not... Um, not not used to have all my time at Arsenal we had players that come in and you're competing with and uh, you have to be ready for the moments when you get chances so yeah you've got uh, Joe in there and Mark now who are playing well playing for the national teams and uh, yeah if I can step in when needed and help help the team then that's what I'll do What did you learn or what, what can you bring to Crystal Palace in terms of last season in a title challenge went toe to toe at Arsenal against Man City is that the experience that they want you to bring to Crystal Palace? Yeah, for sure. I got that experience. 28 years old now, and uh, they've got quite a young team. At Palace, they've got some young lads coming through. And just any little things that I've picked up from my time at Arsenal. When I first stepped into the changing room, and you had the likes of Per Mertesacker and Koscielny that are just like leaders. If I can take any bits that I got from them and pass them on to lads that are a bit younger at Palace now, then I can do that. Apologise for that. I was just choking. Don't see how no one cared though. We're just having a nice little chat. I see the other corner of my eye. I mean, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> now listen, you are one of the players. That obviously, you worked under Arteta. You worked as Arsene Wenger. Are there similarities between the two, the two styles? For sure. Um, obviously, I stepped in to Arsenal and I had two years of uh, sort of the last two years of Wenger's reign as the manager. And um, yeah, it was amazing. It was. I remember the first day I got to the training ground and he just walked past me in the corridor and I was just like hitting my dad going that's awesome thing <laughs> you know he was just so like weird for me to see and um, and with Arteta now I know they've got a, a hell of a manager who's going to go on to do great things his, his tactical awareness and how he sees the game is incredible and I didn't realise how much I didn't know about football until I'd been in a meeting with him a few times wow. and you start to think oh, he sees, sees football completely different to how anyone has ever seen it in the way around me you know so that's been interesting and the way they've started the season I'm sure they can uh, they can carry on and go for another title charge like they did last season I mean first and foremost did last season surprise you a little bit and secondly can you see them this season they've added Declan Rice obviously Timber unfortunately he's got a, mm-hmm. he picked up his injury they've added one or two players the goalkeeper situation which is kind of Havertz Havertz as well I was going to mention that eventually (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you think they can go one step further this year for sure they've they've got like you said uh, brought in quality players and they've got the whole goalkeeper situation I have uh, 
I have no idea which way that's going <laughs> to go. Each, each week I'm like looking, he's Rambo, and obviously I'm close to Rambo. Mm. We, we were really good friends while we were there. I got a little bit of David as he come in for a few weeks and saw his qualities. So it is an interesting one, and every week I'm looking, thinking, who's in this week? Yeah. You know? so, and uh, whichever one plays, he's going to be a solid goalkeeper with technical, technical playing style that Arteta wants for his mm. team. Now onto the Sunday edition show. And Harry Winter believes that following the booze he received on Friday night, I haven't finished the sentence yet, not Harry Winter, he believes it's time for Jordan Henderson's international career to come to an end. It, would, it, it wasn't just a little bit of booing. It was pretty loud, wasn't it, for him when he came off and when his name was announced. Even when I do anything wrong in public life and you're only one tweet away from being cancelled, I hope Kieran Trippier stands up for me because he is the most loyal of people. Mm. And he comes out of it. You know, he was in the um, in the mix zone the other uh, on Friday night after the Australia game and he spoke very cogently, very powerfully, as you can see all the, the quotes in the, in the Sunday newspapers today. It's very supportive of Jordan Henderson, the man, his character, and obviously still contributing as a player. Personally, I don't really think he should be in the team. I just think he's gone to, along with all the sort of the issues of going to Saudi, there are serious footballing considerations for not including him in the squad anymore. How's his fitness going to be towards the end of a season when he's been playing in the Saudi Pro League? Will he have that stamina, that intensity, that uh, the the game craft which he's always had and he's always given everything? And you know, he he says he's still got the fitness, which is which is great, but. I think England have to move on from him. Was Southgate trying to make a particular point by making him captain, do you think? To say, I still stand by mine, I don't care what you all think. I think there's an element of that, but he would have known what the reaction was going to be. And the, I mean, I think Trippier said, well, I'm not sure I really heard any booing, but it was pretty loud. On to the final word now, and Alan Pardew gave his assessment of England's performance against Australia and what improvements he wants to see against Italy tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at those games, it's particularly for Gareth, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of watching the game as a, with my football manager's head on. You're, what, you're just hoping someone steps up. You know, you're wanting three or four of them to step up and give you a problem. That's what you're hoping for. But when you make a, you know, you, you put a side out with so many changes and not really played together, it starts to look a bit disjointed, and we mm. did. Um, I was really pleased for Ollie Watkins. I thought he looked the the one that was like, yeah, come on, give it give it to me. I'm going to show you. I want I want some of this. And his interview after, you know, he's he's obviously been hurt. I think by not being picked a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, I love that personally. He would be straight in my squad. I, I like that attitude. He he wants to prove Gareth wrong, and uh, I'm sure Gareth would like that. Absolutely, it's back to business on Tuesday, of course, against mm. Italy. You think he's just going to go straight into? The, the strong side, the, the predicted yeah. 11 for England. Well, you've got that one problem on the right-hand side of midfield. You know, yeah. he looks like he's going to have to fill that with uh, with whatever choice he makes. But, you know, this is a different criteria, and I'll be there, actually. I'm looking forward to it. You know, the Italians always bring a technical level to their play, and uh, they're... Their, their way of getting out of tight corners so when you press them or when you uh, you try and think you're going to win the the ball back you overcommit. Yeah. they play through you and they get at you and that's that's what they've always been great at that sort of counter attack fast passing style uh, and I don't expect anything else but a team of Italians who are going to do that On to last night's Transgroup Express show where Danny Kelly and Andy Brassell, or Brassel, no one really knows, were discussing the ongoing investigation surrounding Italy's Sandro Tonali and, of course, the potential illegal betting breach. 
I, I, I hate to say it because you don't want to tar the whole country's football with a brush, but another scandal surrounding Italian football. In this particular case, three players who have been charged with various gambling offences that appear to be pretty serious on the surface. Two of them these days make their, their money in the Premier League. There's no one better to find out about this with than our Italian football correspondent, Daniele Fisichella. Good evening, Daniele. Good evening, Danny. Good evening, Andy. Um, well, here we go again, I, I guess. Um, how? Tell us, first of all, give us an, an explanation of who, what, why, where and when. Um, what are these accusations? What are the charges and who's involved? At the moment, there are three players involved and they are Nicolo Fagioli. He's a 22-year-old midfielder who plays for Juventus. Nicolo uh, Zaniolo, who plays for Aston Villa. And Sandro Tonali, of course, who plays for Newcastle. So the investigation is an investigation of the magistrates in Turin that uh, started this summer and they were investigating illegal betting platforms. So they were investigating a betting agency that they haven't named in uh, in Italy that had a legal website and a legal platform but was also running an illegal business next to it now oh. this is this is was a strategy is supposed to be a strategy for criminal organization to launder money so basically they run the illegal business to make sure that the monies are clean however that provides a platform for all those people who are not allowed to bet on football on legal platforms, so basically the professional football players, to bet on it. Wow. And what happened? What hap it happened that during this investigation, they found in the books of this, of this company that was running the legal business, the name of Nicolo Fagioli, the player of Juventus, who himself in September went to a magistrate in Rome and confessed that he has placed around a million euros illegal bets in, on illegal platform, because let's not forget that the rules of the Italian FA say, actually of the Sporting Justice Code, says that players, football players, cannot bet on competition organized by the Italian FA, by UEFA and FIFA. So basically, they cannot bet on football whatsoever. They can bet on other sports, they can play yeah. poker online, they can play whatever they want, but they cannot bet on football. Nicola Fagioli did it illegally, and he confessed, he admitted he has a problem with betting, with gambling, and the police got his, his mobile phone. And then they opened the Pandora box, where there were the chats and the messages that apparently involved other two players, for sure, Zaniolo and Tonali, and maybe even more than them. And we are waiting to hear whether there are going to be other five or six players, players of high caliber or high profiles, that have been involved. That's what we know. We know that the Italian FA decided to send Tonali and Zaniolo home from the headquarters of, of Italy before the game against Malta. And probably as early as next week, Zaniolo and Tonali are going to be uh, heard by the magistrates formally because they are formally under investigation. The, the, the line can be drawn in the fact that whereas in the past Italy has had issues with uh, betting, back in the past, in the 80s, but also as early as uh, 2011, it was always linked to match fixing. So the players were betting on results, but because there were criminal organizations behind it, they were trying to fix matches and get, basically getting results of matches arranged. This time around, 
there is no much fixing involved. It's purely, if confirmed, linked to addiction, linked to the pleasure of betting large sum, winning them, losing them, betting again, etc. Now, Sandro Tonali, for example, has been reported that after he was notified about the investigation, he was in tears, go back to Milan and admitted to his close families and friends to have a problem and he wants to be cured. That's how it's been reported on the Italian newspapers. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, Scotland qualified for the Euro 2024 last night as Norway failed to beat Spain. Here's how the boys reacted on the Transgroup Express. Final whistle has just gone. Scotland are qualified. So Scotland have qualified. Well done, everybody. Fantastic. Norway nil, Spain one with Huge a Gavi score in the Brilliant. goal in the second half. Yeah, absolutely massive. And of course, it's, it's interesting that it's all come to an end in Oslo, Danny, because that was the pivotal moment of the qualifying campaign where Scotland came back right at the end and probably staged that comeback uh, in Norway and uh, one two one having been one nil down for such a, a long time in that we've just seen Stella Solbach and the Norway coach go down the tunnel probably for the last time he's widely expected to be sacked in Norway of course um, for a nation who've been traditionally over the last 30 years we talk about the decline of their national game the lack of finances all the rest of it this is their second successive European championship that uh, I think is remarkable in itself um, and Steve Clark, who is not the most prepossessing of human beings in front of a camera, has done a fantastic body of work with them now. Yeah, and a respectable coach um, in, the, in the background for a, a really long time now, a couple of yeah. decades. And um, he's, he's, he's found his, his spot, really, hasn't he? He's, he's been brilliant for, for Scotland. Um, I, I would take it back to that game um, in, in Ullevall against um, yeah. Norway, as, as I said. A, a game where Norway were well on top for most of it, couldn't quite put it away. And of course, those late goals from Lyndon Dykes and Kenny McLean doing, doing the job. And that, I think the euphoria with which that was received just gave Scotland uh, the, the belief to take it, take it on from there. You know, you could write the, 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 the Spain game 
off at Hamden as, as an upset, which obviously Rodri tried to do in the most obnoxious way possible oh. <laughs> after, after that, which I, th- I think is something that Scotland fans won't be, won't be forgetting in a while, and quite rightly not. But I think they showed not just their, their quality, but the incredible amount of resilience they had and, and, and the smarts they had to stay in the game and then just do the one-two punch in, uh, against Norway in the end. And, and just by knocking the stuffing out of Norway, it just changed the, the, the face of the whole group. It put Norway on the back foot at an incredible disadvantage. They were able to take advantage of that by going on and beating Georgia and not dropping the ball a couple of days afterwards. That really set them up for the entire campaign. Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the Talk Apple, wherever you get your podcast from. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Gostin Talks with daily podcast out first in the morning. Do what you've got to do to get it, is my advice. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Have a good day. And above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.